Welcome to Making the Most of Time with me, Elliot Apple. I'm a financial planner and caregiver. To give you a little background, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer when I was 25. Our world was changed instantly, and it's been a constant state of change ever since. Since then, I've been learning about the intersection of money, health, and loss, personally and professionally. This is a place to explore money, loss, and grief. It's about making the most of time, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. There are no taboo topics, no question is off limits. These conversations are for people like you, people who are about to lose a significant other, widows, caregivers, and anybody affected by a major health event. I'm glad you're here. So with that, let's start making the most of time. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit of a darker subject. We're going to talk about death. And we're going to talk about that because there are some things that you can do to simplify your finances. And some of those things can be really life-changing for loved ones when it happens. As we know, this is a podcast about loss, money, and grief. And so that's why we're talking about death today. We all eventually die. Sometimes you know when it's coming. Other times, it's a surprise. The grief and transition is never easy. Emotions come in waves. Nobody told you the endless paperwork you would have to do. Just when you think it's done, something else pops up. We plan for many things in life. Birthdays, graduations, anniversaries, retirement, births, and more. But what about death? How many of us plan for death? Not many, I'd guess. And if we do plan for death, it's usually about funeral arrangements, or who is getting mom's favorite necklace. It's rarely about the finances, which is a pity. It's important to simplify your finances. Making it as easy on your heirs as possible is a wonderful gift. Instead of contacting multiple banks, they can contact one. Instead of completing different forms with each financial institution, they can complete forms at one. Instead of tracking down old accounts, they can grieve. I know preparing for death Whether it is decades away or weeks away is never easy. However, it can be life-changing. I've seen what it's like to die with unorganized finances and a family unaware of where assets are. On the other hand, I've also seen it simplified and the family knowing exactly where the assets are. Under both scenarios, it's difficult, but one comes with more headaches and a prolonged difficulty while the other does not. Let's talk about why it's important to simplify your finances, actionable steps you can take to simplify, and I'll end with a question for you to consider. So why is it important to simplify your finances? Before we talk about how to simplify, let's discuss why it's important. And there are really three main reasons. It's important because it, one, saves time, two, reduces the likelihood of mistakes, and three, increases the likelihood of everything being completed in a timely manner. What many people don't realize is there are many steps that must be taken when someone dies. Much of it depends on how accounts are titled and the rules of the state in which you live, but generally, Any accounts in someone's sole individual name, such as a bank, brokerage, or other type of account, need to be transferred to an estate account where the executor can distribute the funds after the estate is settled. If an account is titled as joint tenants with rights of survivorship with another person, it can usually be transferred directly to that person. If an account is titled as community property, a portion can go to the surviving person, but the decedent's half is usually transferred to the estate account and is distributed at a later date. For retirement accounts, the beneficiary designation will dictate where the assets go, but heirs will still need to open new accounts and request distributions. Now, with how many financial institutions do you have accounts? 
Think about it for a moment. Add up all your bank accounts, brokerage accounts, retirement accounts, any others, anything with a different account number. If you're like many people, your money may be spread across multiple brokerage custodians and banks. If you were to pass away, your executor is going to have to contact each and every custodian, determine their process for distributing the accounts, and complete paperwork. Think about how much hold music they'll listen to, how much wrong information they may be given, it happens more than you think, and the wasted time, all the while grieving your loss. What if you limited your accounts to one brokerage custodian and one bank? Imagine how much easier that would be for your heirs. They would only need one or two points of contact, one process to follow, and a lot less paperwork. I'm a financial planner, and even though I've helped process accounts of death for many people over the past decade, it's almost never a simple, straightforward process. It's complicated by grief, brain fog, and all the other things someone must do at death. Simplifying your finances removes some of the burden of death. Won't go away entirely, but making a few phone calls is better than making 10. Trying to find the right person to speak with within one organization is easier than finding that right person in five. Calling to ask about how to fill out forms is simpler if it's the same company as opposed to multiple. The more complicated your finances, the more likely it is for a mistake to be made too. If you have multiple retirement accounts and need to distribute a required minimum distribution or RMD before the end of the year, but you pass away, your executor may miss distributing it if they're unaware of the account or are busy processing other aspects of your estate. And the penalty for not distributing an RMD is 50% of the amount that should have been distributed. For example, if your RMD is 50000 and it's not distributed, the penalty would be $25,000. It's possible your complicated finances could cause your heirs to inherit less money. Even if everything is simplified, it can still be difficult. Many people feel lost and overwhelmed at death. There is enough going on without the administrative burden of settling financial accounts. Sometimes that means it takes longer to process everything. But sometimes that means someone ends up doing nothing, which can be problematic down the road. You want to make it as easy and simple as possible for the loved ones you leave behind. I've seen simplified finances and complicated finances at death. It can be life-changing for your loved ones if you have simplified finances before you die. Now that you know why it's important to simplify, let's discuss some actionable steps that you can take to simplify. And please don't think of these steps as something that should be done overnight or even in the same month. I'll be the first to acknowledge it takes time to simplify, usually at least a few months. It can be done faster if you're in a rush but a few weeks is probably the fastest I could see it being done right, which is why it's important to start early and chip away at it over time. First thing you can do, consolidate accounts. This is one of the best things you can do. If you consolidate all your accounts to as few institutions as possible, there's less places that someone has to contact later. If you have bank accounts with multiple banks, consider consolidating your accounts to one bank. I can see the reasoning behind wanting two banks in case one account is hacked or becomes inaccessible. This needs to be weighed against your health and time it takes to work with two banks. If you're still fairly healthy and your life expectancy is more than 10 years, I can see wanting two banks, but I'd personally still be comfortable using one if I were an older adult. If you're sick and life expectancy is less than 10 years, I strongly favor one bank for simplicity. Besides bank accounts, I'd consolidate among custodians and retirement account providers. For example, if you have accounts with Charles Schwab, Fidelity, Merrill Lynch, Vanguard, or any others, I'd consider moving everything to one custodian. 
It may not be possible in all situations, but to the extent you can consolidate, I would. Not only will it help you save time when you pass away, it also makes tracking your investments and everything else that you need to do while you're alive easier. If you have an old 401k account, it may make sense to transfer it to an IRA at the custodian that you choose. Remember, this is the one custodian you're holding assets. Also, if you have multiple bank accounts with the same bank or multiple brokerage accounts with the same custodian, I'd try consolidating down to one account where possible. For example, if you have three brokerage accounts with the same titling, such as your own individual name, I'd move it to one account. Even that small change will minimize the amount of paperwork that needs to be completed when you pass away. Consolidating your accounts not only will help simplify your life and make it easier, it will be appreciated by your heirs. Now that you've consolidated accounts, tell your executor or other important people in your life where your accounts are held. There is no point burying the treasure in one place and then not giving your important people the map. The best example I've seen of this is creating a document that you print and give to your loved ones, showing them exactly where an account is located, approximate balances, purpose behind the account, and who to contact if you pass away. This is a great gift because it's a simplified map of where everything is with explanations of how each account functions. If you have an old annuity, you can explain why it exists and the options if you pass away. If you have a bank account, you can explain which account pays the bills. If you have a brokerage account, you can explain your investment philosophy. If you don't have the time to explain everything, write down all your accounts with account numbers. It's at least a good start and a time saver. Instead of tracking down old statements, waiting for statements to come in the mail, or potentially searching years later for assets sheeted to the state, they'll at least know what exists. Paying bills. Once accounts are consolidated, paying bills becomes easier. I've seen people have multiple bank accounts for different types of bills. It was a nightmare to track, and if something happened to that person, their significant other was going to have a very hard time understanding where money needed to be when. As much as you can, set up auto pay. Paying bills is not fun. It's also not easy during health issues. You have enough going on that remembering to pay bills manually probably should not be where you're spending your time and energy. It only takes one health issue for someone to forget to pay a bill, which causes further frustration and it can spiral from there. One simple way to ensure you have enough money in your checking account to pay bills without worrying about how much money is in the account is to hold two times your monthly expenses in your checking account. If everything is set to pay automatically from one account, your system keeps functioning even if you pass away. There is no immediate crisis of needing to find every single bill and pay it on time. Plus, with your bills consolidated to one account, it's really easy to see which bills exist in case a surviving spouse or family member wants to cancel one or more. Finally, review your will and trust. Although simplifying your accounts is important, it's equally as important, if not more important, to review your will or trust documents. Even if you simplified everything else, if your will is not updated to reflect current laws or your current wishes, the simplifying may not matter. You may create more issues for your survivors. As you review your documents, ask yourself the following questions. Are the important people in the right roles? Do I have backup executors and power of attorneys? Has it been more than five years and or did tax laws change? Did I actually update the titling of my accounts to reflect what is in the will or trust? You don't want to be the person who creates a trust but does not fund the trust with the appropriate assets or you don't want to be the person who forgets to update their beneficiary designations to match their will or trust. If you have a transfer on death or a payable on death account, is that on purpose? Will it interfere with the plans in your will or trust? Are my jointly titled assets properly titled? If they are community property, should they be? 
if they're joint tenants with rights to survivorship, should they be? Do I have beneficiaries on the appropriate accounts? If not, do I understand the tax ramifications of not having them? I can't stress enough the importance of reviewing your documents every few years. I see far too many people who have a will or trust from long ago and don't know what they say anymore. This is one of the most important documents when you die. So here are my final thoughts and a question for you. Nobody knows when our last day on earth will be. If we did, it'd be much easier to plan for. Since we don't know, it's really important to set your loved ones up for success when you pass away. The grief and paperwork that accompanies death is hard enough. Everyone should take proactive steps to make it as easy as possible to track down their money, retitle accounts, and settle an estate. Remember, you don't need to simplify everything overnight. You can start by consolidating one account or setting up automatic payments for your bills. Make a goal of taking one step a week, and in a few months, you might be surprised how much simpler your finances are. I'll leave you with one question to act on. What one step are you going to take to simplify your finances? Elliot Apple is an investment advisor representative of Kindness Financial Planning, LLC. However, in hosting this podcast, Elliot is not acting as an investment advisor representative individually or on behalf of Kindness Financial Planning. The information and opinions in this podcast are for general, informational, and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment, financial, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of publication, and such opinions are subject to change. No representation is made as to the completeness or accuracy of the information presented. Any past performance referenced is historical and no guarantee of future results. All indices referenced are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. All investments involve a certain level of risk. You should carefully consider if an investment is suitable for you before making an investment. Please consult your legal, financial, and other professionals to determine what may be appropriate for you.